Well, good morning, my brothers and sisters. In Christ, what a joy it is. Well, good morning. Good morning. I'll pause. I'll wait. <laughs> what a joy it is to be with you on this glorious Lord's Day to not only worship with you, but to also receive the good news that God has for each and every one of us on this day. I am excited to be a part of the South Bend Clergy Collective. Um, I've been in South Bend for about almost four years now, and needless to say, it is a joy to be in ministry and fellowship with my fellow colleagues, uh, your pastor, Pastor Brian, uh, Pastor Vicki Van Neville, and also Pastor James Clark of Grace United Methodist Church. It's an opportunity for us to come together and to learn from one another, to learn about one another, to fellowship together, and also to, along with our congregations, be intentional about making an impact not only in South Bend, but also in St. Joseph County. I'm excited to be a part of this collective because it's good to know that if there is going to be an impact on behalf of the kingdom of God, it will happen through the church of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. So it's good to know that here in South Bend, we have United Methodist Churches committed to this endeavor. Please pray with me. Now, Lord, hide me behind the cross so that you and you alone can be seen and heard. Amen. I do want to share with you that I do bring you greetings on behalf of my congregation, Evangel Heights United Methodist Church. And oh, by the way, your pastor is preaching at Evangel Heights on today. Have you ever heard this phrase, it is time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, expecting parents have heard the phrase, be it hearing it as an expectant mother says, it's time, let's go to the hospital, it's time for the birth of a baby. Or adoptive parents have heard it after receiving a phone call that that precious child or youth or teen that they're going to adopt has now arrived and they can pick up that adoptive child. Or individuals who have chosen to be foster parents have heard that phrase, it is time. Now you can receive that wonderful baby, child, youth, teen, young adult into your home. It is time. Well, Clay United Methodist Church, I would suggest to you that those three words are the words that we as the body of Jesus Christ are to hear today. It is time, especially after hearing the gospel lesson that was read by Carolyn. It is time. It is time. And guess what? This phrase has no expiration date. Uh, this phrase has no age limitation. I'm getting a few amens, that's okay. <laughs> it is time. Jesus meets his disciples, a beleaguered group of 11. I would suggest to you that they're somewhat disoriented. They're still grieving. After all, one of their own has just committed suicide. 
I would suggest to you that they are somewhat in a state of shock because it was not long ago that they saw their beloved rabbi teacher being murdered because of his political and religious views. I would suggest to you that they are somewhat disoriented because, you see, after they were told by the women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, that they were to go to Galilee to meet with Jesus, I would suggest to you that as they took one step in front of the other, someone was wondering what in heaven's name are we going to witness or experience once we arrive in Galilee at that mountain that we've been told to go to. So... They arrive, and they see Jesus. And Jesus makes this profound statement, and I want you to hold on to this truth today. Jesus says, I have received all authority in heaven and on earth. Now, as I look around, I'm sure there are some of you who believe you have authority. Be it spouses over a spouse, I won't indicate which one be it that you are currently or you have been a CEO or an employer and you have employees, you, you know that you have had authority. But I would suggest to you that if the church of Jesus Christ is to carry out the mission of Jesus Christ, we need to understand that the authorities that we have in certain settings is not the authority that we need in order to carry out the mission. The authority that we're going to need as the followers of Jesus Christ, as the church of Jesus Christ, we're going to need the authority of one who has authority over anything, everywhere, all people, and that's Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ shares with his disciples, because I have all authority, I am going to give you an assignment. I so appreciated the special hymn that was sung because it says, in part, the kingdom in us. Is that right? The kingdom of God in us. If we are to have authority to share the good news that Jesus Christ wants us to share that is recorded in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, we must understand that first and foremost, we have within us the kingdom of God. And every time we show up, the kingdom of God shows up. Every time we speak, the words of Jesus Christ are to come out of our mouths. So Jesus, Jesus, meets his beleaguered, confused, I would suggest, amazed disciples. And yet, Matthew is so clear to let us know that even as they met Jesus and worshiped Jesus, some of them doubted. I love the Bible for its reality checks. Because I know that when people come to worship, depending on, as Carolyn has said, where you have come from, some of you are glad to be here today. You're so glad that you can worship today. You're so excited about being with other believers. And yet I know that some of you are doubting. Because of what you experienced last week, you're having some doubts about whether Jesus Christ really does have all authority or not. Can I get a witness? You don't have to say anything. And yet... Some doubted. But notice in the text, 
the doubt did not prevent Jesus from giving the mandate to his disciples of old and also to us. Now, for those of you who've been United Methodists a long time, Matthew chapter 19 through 20 is a familiar text to you because you know that as a child, as a youth, as a compromand, as a young adult, you were taught this particular scripture, right? Because you were taught this is the mission, this is the plan book, this is the game book of the church. And what is it? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you. It is time. Clay United Methodist Church, it is time for us to take what Jesus Christ has given to us, that mandate, that commission, that game plan, that playbook. It's time for us to take it and live it out. It's time for us to go. Now, when I was growing up, I thought to go meant, well, you need to go to a foreign nation. No, but when you look at this text, he's not telling us to go to other nations. He's telling us to make disciples of different people from different nations. In the original translation, it means go to the foreigners, go to the Gentiles. Isn't it amazing how in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, God says to Abram, I'm going to bless you, and you will be a blessing to all nations, and all will come to you. All meaning not just the Israelites, but also the Gentiles. So Jesus says to his disciples, go and make disciples. Go to your supermarket. Go to your favorite restaurant. Go to that favorite place that you go to to exercise and, and to keep in physical shape. Go and make disciples. Have you noticed that in order for one to make a disciple, first and foremost, you need to be in relationship? with that individual. You don't just show up and say, hey, I want to make you a disciple of Jesus Christ. No, it requires our taking the time and being intentional about engaging with others who are not like us, who do not live in the same zip code that we live in, who may have different political views. We're called to go and to establish a relationship with them. For too long, the church thought go meant, to, meant just the opposite. They acted like that word go meant, come and we'll welcome you when you walk through our doors. No, we're to go where people are. And remember, when we go, the kingdom of God shows up. We're to go. I was talking to someone just recently, and uh, we were talking about um, the church and the importance of our engaging with our mission field, which means, of course, that we're to share with individuals our relationship with Jesus Christ. And this person said, well, you know, that can be scary. Um, and, I, and, I, and I just know and believe that, you know, when I show up the way I, I live, the way I, I carry myself, people will know that I'm a Christian because I've had people say, well, you know, I know about him. He's a Christian. 
it sounds good. However, in this day and time when there are many folk who are doing good things, it will require us as followers of Jesus Christ to not just show up and, and live out our lives as followers of Jesus Christ, but we're called to tell others about Jesus Christ. I won't take the mic and, and walk up and down the aisles. Don't get nervous. I won't do that. To ask you to share with us about your relationship with Jesus Christ. How vibrant, how viable is it today? Yes, Jesus tells his disciples, it's time for you to go, and you can go because I have all authority in heaven and also on earth. This Jesus who tells his disciples to go is one who is able to identify with us, even in our timidity, our fears when it comes to going. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 reminds us, we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize or to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. This Jesus is calling us to go. With all of our apprehensions, with all of our concerns, with all of our questions, he is still calling us to go. This Jesus who is not only fully human, but also fully divine, the second person of the Trinity, the one who in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15, 20, is described as the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Before all things, and in him all things hold together. And listen to this, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Yes, it is this Jesus, the Christ, the one who has all authority and power, who is calling us to go, not only individually, but also for us to show up and go as the corporate body of Jesus Christ. And when we go, when we go, when we go, what are we to do once we show up? I'm so glad you asked. We're to go, and we are to share the teachings of Jesus Christ. Not our opinions. Not what we've read. We're to show, we're to share the teachings of Jesus Christ. And let me just say to you, beloved, I, I, I'm mindful, I'm mindful, I'm mindful that, that this, this sacred word of Jesus Christ has been misinterpreted. And so it's important that we teach what Jesus Christ has taught 
and not what human beings have interpreted to be the words of Jesus Christ. Someone is having uh, a question and running through their minds. What, what do you mean, preacher woman? I'm so glad you asked again. You see, this is what I know when we look at the history of these United States, we know that human interpretation of the Bible has been used and continues to be used to advance non-Christian agendas such as white supremacy. How is this possible? What does this look like? Great questions. To answer those questions, I would invite you to participate on an online Lenten book study, in addition to the studies that you will do here at Clay United Methodist Church, I would encourage you to participate in the online Bible study, Our Hearts Were Strangely Lukewarm, offered by the Diversity, Mission, and Justice team of our Indiana conference. Every time I write that title, Instead of writing, our hearts were strangely lukewarm. Carolyn, I write, our hearts were strangely unwarmed. How can the Bible be misinterpreted? I would invite you to join that particular book study, and um, you can find more information at our conference's website. So Jesus says to the disciples, who were standing before him, and he, stand, he says to us, his disciples today, I want you to go, and I want you to teach what I've taught you. I want you to remind them that because I have all authority, there's nothing and no one that they are to fear, but they are to claim their rightful place as citizens of the kingdom of God, and they've been given all authority. And then he tells them, you will receive power. Now, I don't know about you, but I've seen some pretty wimpy Christians lately. They look like cowards. What does that look like? They will be in a setting where truth needs to be spoken and they will keep quiet because they're more concerned about maintaining their friendships than living out their discipleship. Jesus says, you will receive power, which means you will be able to stand up and face any and every system, structure, person who is not of God and speak truth to them. I remember during my work as director of E4 Potential Living, we, we offered these classes called Racial Dialogue Circles. It was an opportunity for people from different groups, different ethnicities to come together to have conversation around racism. And I just remember this young woman who shared with us after she had completed the course, she said, it, it was as though I was a deer facing headlights. She, she had not understood 
that in her world, racism was alive and well. And so what she did after completing the class, she went home and she began to have conversation with her family about their, their racist attitudes and their racist words. And, and she even had to have conversation with her beloved grandfather. Did she change his mind? We don't know. But what we do know is that she stood up against systems, structures, and people who were not of God. So Jesus says, go and make disciples and then teach them. I began to think, so, so what, what are some preliminary teachings that I would want to hear if I were not a disciple of Jesus Christ? One, I would want to hear that God loves me. And God has demonstrated that love through the giving of his son, Jesus Christ. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will never perish but will have everlasting life. I would want to hear that, that this God who, who has this kingdom is not a God of exclusivity but a God of inclusivity. Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 and 28, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I would want to hear someone tell me that no matter how much I mess up, It will not keep me from the love of God. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39 states, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Here's the key. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. There, of course, are other teachings of Jesus Christ that the non-disciple will want to hear to help them to see that this Jesus, who has all authority, loves them and desires for them to become his disciple. And in order for that to happen, you and I must go. And finally, dear ones, what I am celebrating today on this Mission Emphasis Sunday is that Jesus made a promise to us. He said, when you go, not if, when you go, and when you baptize, and when you teach, I, I want to make a promise to you. I will be with you. 
I'll be with you. I don't know about you, but I've discovered that as long as I know that Jesus Christ is with me, I can do all things through him because he strengthens me. I know that because Jesus is with me, I would never have to be concerned about what you think of me. And I can go forth and carry out his agenda for me and for the church. I included Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that familiar text to many of us. Well, really, verses 6 through 8. The focus is on verse 8. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I'm thankful for the power that I have given to me by the Holy Spirit. You have power, Clay United Methodist Church, congregation and friends. That is the power that will help us to go and to make disciples, even as we continue to learn how to be disciples. If there is going to be a change in this society, if there's going to be a change in the world, it will come about because those of us who are disciples of Jesus Christ, who have the kingdom within us, will show up and share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. Thanks be to God.